Do you have an e-commerce business that you want to take to seven, eight, or even nine figures and beyond? Hey, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm sharing with you part one of a training that we did in the Inner Circle Mastermind with e-commerce master, Mr. Isaac Smith, who helps e-commerce businesses scale from six and seven figures to eight figures and beyond. And this is a powerful training. Very, very profound. In the first part, in part one, Isaac and I specifically talk about why your P&L statement won't make sense and won't link up with your bank account and why it actually shouldn't which is a massive mindset shift that all e-commerce business owners should wrap their head around and completely comprehend before they even decide to grow or scale. We also talk about what the key numbers are that we should be focusing on in our e-commerce business. And there's one critical one that I'm just certain that you as a business owner do not spend enough time on. Then we dive into talking about what to do if your business is not profitable, which may be a brutal step to take but absolutely necessary if your business is not yet profitable. Then we also talk about what to do if you are profitable in your business, but you want to be able to scale, which is where we dive into increasing your revenue and making more money with the same amount of sales and resources. And these are the more strategic moves to be able to get to the next level in business. Now, this is such an invaluable episode. You're absolutely going to love it. Check it out. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish. So from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Do you want to start investing in websites, but don't want to drop $20,000 or more on your first investment? Check out Odis, where you can buy premium age domains to build a website on and add Odis done for you affiliate site package to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium domain with built-in authority, great SEO, and fresh quality content for your website. Head to odys.link forward slash Bob podcast to check out their great deals. That's odys.link forward slash B-O-B podcast. Link will be in the description too. Welcome. Like, it's great to have you here in the mastermind uh, to have a chat. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. You know, I, I I know you have some cool stuff going on with your group, and so I'm I'm happy to be here and and help out and provide any value that I can. Yeah, awesome, man. Like, we have great conversations. One conversation we had was yes. so good that was like, let's publish this podcast on both of ours. <laughs> um, yeah. Really cool. And that's why I was really excited to have you come on uh, today. I mean, last, so just be, for people listening, um, we, you're on episode 108. Uh, and in that episode, we talked about how to double your e-commerce profits. And I think that's the one that you put on your, um, 
on yours as well. It's such a great chat, guys. If you haven't listened to that, go into go and watch that episode 108 or it's on Isaac's. Check out his podcast as well. And I can give you guys the links to his podcast too. Now, what we'll do is uh, today we're just going to basically dive deeper into that topic of how we can increase our e-commerce profits, but we'll, we're just going to break it down even further, right? So my first question to you, Isaac, is like, you get a lot of people come to you. Like you just said, you spoke to Elon, who's here in the in the group as well today, um, just a few hours ago, which is great. I know that you do great things helping people with their their FBA businesses and, and e-com in general. But when someone does come to you with an e-commerce business, what are usually like the top few things that you notice, not that they're doing wrong, but they could improve on that could help them a lot in their business? Oh boy, that's a broad, broad <laughs> that's one, isn't a it? Big, that's a big topic. Typically, people come to me and they say they ha- they have a they have a question that they're kind of focused on, and it's usually very specific. Uh, like, for example, I don't know where my money's going, or a, a huge one is why does this P and L that I have say that I made all this profit, but then I look in my bank account. And this just makes no sense. Yes. So there are a million of these questions. And yeah, they they generally get grouped into, they go into a few buckets of types of questions. But usually people are at the stage where they want to be scaling their business, but they're getting sucked into these details, these numbers whether they're doing it themselves or they have a bookkeeper who's sending sending their their reports and they're just like i'm spending way too time too much time and it's kind of like spinning around in my head is the impression that i get is like i i just don't really know what's going on here and i know that i need to so that i can scale my business how do we move forward yeah so that's every business owner <laughs> <laughs> Not just yes. e-commerce business, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I decided to get a bookkeeper. It was like I'm going to ask all these questions. It's like I do not know. Like, there's too much going on, and I had multiple businesses in multiple places doing multiple different things. So, there's no. I, obviously, there's no quick fix. Is there? And the same with any big problem that's going to make our lives and business that much better. It's not like a, just a, a slap on a Band-Aid, we're going to be good and then it heal itself. So how do we decompartmentalize this when, you know, we go, all right, we need to, un- I know I need to understand my numbers and I can't, I can't right now because there's too much like info for me to take in. What should I focus on? Is there like a top few, uh, and I spoke to Elon about this, uh, last last week, yeah, there are there are a few things that we should focus on with our with our books and a few numbers that we should be focusing on more so than the other ones. Or where do we I th- go? I from think there? so. But before we get there, I think it's I want to sort of jump on what you said there. You said it's like any other problem, and and I want to emphasize that it is like any other problem. Whether you have problems with your cash flow or you have problems with your profitability or you know you, you've got inventory to pay for, 
that's coming up. You're not sure how to plan this out. Like all of these are problems and it's like any other problem. So when you have any problem, no matter what it is, what do you do first? Like there's, there's actually a methodology to solving any problem, right? First, you have to figure out what it is. You have to define the problem. So you have to do a little bit of research if that may be. And I feel like entrepreneurs, we're just, we want, we want results now. And we, we oftentimes, and that's what, that's, what's got us here, right? You know, that hustle and drive and just the, the persistence is brought us, brought us here and, and everybody else who isn't here, right. They're in, they're not entrepreneurs. Um, so I don't want to say that's not a good thing, but sometimes we have to be willing to take a breath, slow it down a little bit and actually analyze the situation. And, you know, I, I think back when I was in art doing architecture, you know, I remember a bunch of times where people panicked because, you know, you get something wrong in architecture. They put a door where there's not supposed to be a door. You know, that's a big deal. Uh, but or that you move the building 10 feet off of where it was supposed to be like that actually happened. Fortunate. I mean, it would have been caught before they actually went out there and built. But but people came to me. like, Oh, God, you know, like, what are we doing here? So this is no different. First, let's figure out what happened. What were the steps that you took that brought you to this problem? Can we go back a few steps and, and see what we were looking at? Um, so I don't want you to lose sight of your problems, whether it's cash flow or whatever. But the first thing is always first. If you don't have the information, you need to get the information. And it has to be accurate information good information that you can understand and be confident in. And I feel like that's a step that people are often, I don't know if saying unwilling is a bit too harsh. I don't mean it to, I don't mean to say unwilling, but people are resistant to spending time, resources, money, effort, whatever, whatever resource you want to name in making sure that we have good information. Yeah, I think that's so good is what you said about the, you know, us as entrepreneurs, like, go, 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 need to get this done now. Has I have to have this result yesterday. And um, then we've got, like, we just want to get to the next level really quickly. But I find, like, what you're saying is, like, we do need that information. We need to slow down to be able to actually digest that information. And that information is our books, right? Like, our books definitely tell like our books are the story of how our business is performing. And most, most of us as business owners, a lot of the times just don't know the story of our business. We don't know how it's performing because we don't know how to digest it. And we don't like, we try to just go, I want to understand this, look at it. It's confusing. Ah, oh, no, I can't understand this story. It's too way out of my league to read this, you know, um, for my reading ability. Let's go focus on what I'm good at is just hustling and getting things done. Like that, that's scary because you can keep trying to get things done, but you don't know the information that the story is telling you of what you should be doing, of the things that you should be getting done rather than just getting things done for getting things done sake, right? I see this all the time. 
and I'll give you a quick example. And, and actually, in the episode of your podcast that you had me on, and then I put on my podcast, I went through my story of that. But I'll tell you, this happens all the time. And we, we have monthly calls with the, the bookkeeping customers that we work with and where we go over their numbers. And we say, like, how, how, first of all, how are things going? You know, uh, what's going on that we don't see? You know, we, we just see the numbers and the transactions. And <laughs> I'll tell you one guy, and he won't mind me sharing. His name is Alan, um, and we're we're working with him, sort of in more ways than just bookkeeping now. But uh, I remember pretty clearly about three months ago, he w- came to this meeting, all kind of in a panic. Oh gosh, the the sky is falling. Basically, my business sucks. I'm having all these problems with these orders. You know, these customers are being unreasonable, like all this kind of stuff. And that's because he's in it, right? You, All of us are familiar with this being in the business. Um, and he was expecting the, and he had taken like a quick glance at the, the reports that we sent him beforehand. And he's like, oh, everything's terrible. But when you actually sit there and look at it, you know, we can tell you the story of what's actually happening in your business, not what's going on in your head, what's actually happening. What is the true performance of your business? And <laughs> after just like talking him through like, okay, so this is here, maybe that, you know, your sales have dropped a little bit, but look at this. So have your expenses, whatever the thing actually was. And look, your sales are coming back this month. You had some cancellations, but you know, you know, like that kind of stuff. The numbers don't lie about this stuff. Your brain is going to lie for yes. sure. Good point. And so, so <laughs> at the end of that call, he was like, "Oh my gosh, uh, thank you guys. Like you, you talked me off the ledge on this one. Like because we we don't we think we know what's going on in our business." what we think is actually wrong most of the time. I agree. Can we use Alan as an example and as a sort of a case study of like what and what you did for him and it can be specific to him, but also what you would do for somebody in general that would come to you for help with understanding their business more to be able to, to grow up more. So like where, where did, you know, where would we go with, with either Alan or what is a typical like, all right, you need to understand your numbers. Where do you, you send them back to find out the key numbers? Are there some key numbers they need to understand more than the other ones? What, like, where do we go with with this? Yeah, I think it probably would make more sense to just start now answering your question directly. Uh, what is it that we should be looking at? What are some key numbers? Everybody's going to be a little bit different, but you know, here's some things that that we should all be looking at. Of course, revenue. Right. That's the number that we all get fixated on. But more important than revenue is your profit. And a lot of us don't spend enough time thinking about your profit because, you know, if we, if you're an entrepreneur and you're in hustle mode, you can do a lot. Hey, profit first. Yes, Elon. Uh, I'm a big proponent of profit first. An entrepreneur really has a lot of power to juice the sales. To re- I mean, you can. There's so many things you can do to increase your revenue. Some of those things, not all of them, but some of them, will be 
will cost you money, right? You can go out and and do a new ad campaign. You can do all this stuff, but you can overspend, you know, you, you can get a little too excited, right? Um, and, and so a lot of times we lose sight of the actual reason we're here because you can't put revenue in your profit, in, in your pocket. Right? Yeah. Profit is, is, is what can turn into cash that then you can put in your pocket. So that's, so, so revenue, but you always want to look at your, your bottom line profit. Um, now, there's a lot that goes into that very bottom line that a lot of times we business owners feel like we don't have control over. And a lot of times maybe it's travel, maybe you've snuck in some personal things like your, your internet plan, right? All of that stuff is going to make your business look like it's doing worse than really you think it should be doing, right? That, that's in there for tax purposes. And yeah, it's a legit expense, but we can start to muddy the, the charts. It's a and really so, good point. That's a really good point where the business could be profitable and then we go, oh, I'm just going to claim this course on tax deduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to claim this on a tax deduction. We go, oh, actually, am I working for free? <laughs> Whereas like, oh, hang on, these things that you've used, like traveling to a mastermind or traveling to wherever, you haven't worked out the ROI on that, but there is an expense and you are probably getting an ROI on that as well, right? Yeah. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And of course, it's up to you and your tax advisor to decide, you know, how to handle this stuff. But as far as then now taking your reporting and trying to make good decisions with like, because that's really what it's for, is you have to understand these reports first and foremost, then you can use them to make great decisions. Like we talked about doubling your profits, right? Well, that... First is understand. First is get the reports. Second is understand them. Third is use them to make decisions. If it's so muddy with all of this stuff, it's kind of hard to make decisions. So, so one of the things that that I I like to do is just kind of separate that out as like an other expenses. That's something that we do with with uh, with our customers. Is you'll have like your revenue and then your cost of goods. And then your operating expenses. Then you have an operating income. That's your operating profit. Then you can have other expenses like travel and courses and all of these things. So that's just like one one tip. So then you can look at the top part of the sheet and use that to make your decisions. But I was really I was saying all of this to get to the the next thing is is one thing that is really really critical is your gross margin, your gross profit. And if you're not following the lingo, that's your income, your sales, your revenue, minus your cost of goods, forgetting all the operating expenses, because that's your real profit on your product. Like, what does it cost to order the product? What does it cost to get it here in the warehouse, able to be shipped? That's what allows you to get your, what you would call the profit margin, right? Yeah, yeah, that that'll give you yeah, your 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 gross profit margin. So I have a friend, I have a friend who who acquires businesses like a lot of you do. Um <laughs> and and maybe you've said this too. I don't I don't remember, but I can remember this other friend saying this when when I was asking him because I have people coming to me saying they want to sell their businesses and oh, you well, you should talk to my friend, right? Um and 
And he'll look at these and go, nah, or, oh, okay, kind of interesting. And he, and he says, I can fix anything except bad uh, gross margins. So bad margins on the products themselves. Let's, let's talk about that. I, I really want to break that down. So for example, uh, and I was speaking with Elon and we're like, I, I, did this, I did this process with Elon last week, right? Where we went, all right, let's, um, and this is what I focus on when somebody comes to me to grow a business is like, first we need to, I call it listening to the business. The business is telling a story. We need to just stop. We need to listen because it's going to tell us what we need to do to grow. If we can do that um, and and read that story and understand it, like you've said just now, is, is we know what to do. We know what to execute and to focus on. We went through like revenue, cost of goods, advertising spend, and then worked out what, what the profit margin, what profit is. And like from doing that, it really allowed us to see, all right, how much is the, how much profit, what is the profit margin of this product? And then a lot of business owners, like you said earlier, is that we don't feel like we have the power to change in some of these things, right? With the profit margin. But whereas we we can, like we can decrease our costs in manufacturing um, or shipping and stuff like that. Is these are some of the things that you look at with your clients as well to change that gross profit margin? 100%. 100%. This is the most important part right here. Uh, we have people who we're working with who are at, I wouldn't say all scales, all levels of the spectrum, but some of them are closer to the starting phase than others, right? We have, you know, seven figure, multiple seven figure businesses we're working with, but some of them are, you know, they're, they're starting out and they're, or they're closer to starting out. And, you know, it goes back to getting your product market fit, right? The, the goal of the entrepreneur is to find a product that will that people want and to sell it sell it that product to people and and sell it for a price that leaves you with a healthy margin right and and so like I've started some you know I've started a few businesses all, by this point and <laughs> now I realize who I'm talking to like you know that's the hardest part that is the hardest part that's the part where people get it wrong more than any other part yeah at least in my experience yeah you're right it's like from the small business as small business administration study shows um, from 2019 the last study is that 90 percent of all startups fail and the biggest portion of the reason those fail is because I didn't find product market fit, <laughs> which is why this whole ecosystem of us buying online businesses is built just because we find the businesses that have already got the product market, product market fit. <laughs> I, I've, I, I swear I'm never going to start another business again. And then I go start a bookkeeping business, you know, yeah. what am I doing? But that that's it. So the product market fit is all about having, it's, it's all about gross margin. I sometimes struggle with, I, I just can't help it because I want to help people. But a lot of times the answer is not in the numbers. Well, the answer is, in, is found in the numbers, but it's not in changing things in the numbers. The answer is sometimes you, gotta, you don't have the right product here. Go start again. And I can think of one of our customers specifically who 
she's amazing. Like she's an incredible business owner and her numbers are high revenues, but the gross margins are, are just not good enough to do what she wants to do. And so my advice to her is like, you've got so much, I would stop with the marketing. Like you're stop, don't totally stop your marketing because your sales are going to stop because they're based on PPC. But, but rather than going out and doing this new marketing initiative that you're not already doing, go out and find a different product. That's my message to her. And that's what the numbers tell us. Because I mean, is that because that because the numbers are saying, all right, you could spend, let's just say, make it an example, like you could spend X amount on ads and this is going to produce this result, but you're at a, at a net loss. So even if you were to double the ads, it means you're going to double the net loss, which means this business isn't scalable and you can't, you can't actually grow this business with this profit margin. Is that why you go back to the drawing board? If we were to break it down a little bit? Yeah, it's because, you know, we're looking at all the numbers and there's the bottom line. And if if your revenue is in, I don't even remember what hers was, but let's just say it's at about a million dollars. And if, if your revenue is, you know, not, after everything, it's not enough to achieve the goal that you set out for this, I, it's time to take a hard look. Um, and, and for her, I don't think it's, I make, I think I, what I'm saying is coming off sounding pretty dire for her business. I don't think it is. It's just that spend some time looking for the next product with better margins that, that people are ready to buy. It's, it's not that hard. It's just that she needs to stop spending time over here and go spend some time over here. That's it. Because if we spend time in where she already is, that's just going to build something that's going to end up costing her more time. And what's worse is more money, right? Right, oh, right, oh, sorry, right. Yeah. Worse is what's worse is it's going to spend up more time, more time, but yeah, also more money. Yeah. I think it's just, we, we get caught up in the wrong things sometimes. And th- that's what my, for my whole entrepreneurial <laughs> journey so far, you know, I, I've screwed up a lot of things and I find the hardest thing and the most important thing in entrepreneurship is knowing what to spend my time on. If you know it, if you do, I mean, you're, you're great. But if you're like, well, some of this, some of, we can't always know what to do, but, but when we do, we better actually go do it. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got this, that's, that's basically for physical products, right? But for digital products, it's basically the same where, Say I have a digital product that um, I want to create um, and it could be an info product on how to build a, a, a barnyard or a, you know, a dog kennel, right? Say I want an info product, I want to build, teach people how to build a dog kennel, DIY. Now, for example, I want to put that out there at a hundred bucks, right? And it costs me $80 to make a sale right? Through paid marketing. That means my profit margin is around $20, not including my time that I spent to build this course. Uh, so I'd put that out there and I make a certain amount of sales. And then I realized, all right, people like I'm not making as many sales as I could at $100. Maybe I need to decrease the price to $50, but then it's actually going to cost me, right? So that's also 
plays into the position of product market fit too well, right? Like it's if I try and sell this product for the price point that I I need to 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 make money, I'm people aren't not as many people are going to purchase that product. So I need to decrease the price, which means if I decrease the price, I'm not actually going to be profitable because the market doesn't want the product at the price that I need to sell it to be profitable. Would that be correct for a digital product as well? Yeah. So I'll say that we do our our company does e-commerce bookkeeping only. We focus on that because we're good at it. So I have a little I have less examples to pull from in digital yeah. uh, in the digital space, but it's the same as anything else. It's a business. It has incomes and expenses. Uh, I run a service-based business, which is not e-commerce. Um, and our services cost somebody's time that we have to pay for. I think no matter what type of business you're in, whether it's an information business, a service business, a product business, you need to actually figure out what what I like to call as your unit economics. And I think we talked about this a bit last time or in in that podcast we keep episode we keep referencing, but essentially it is so let's say for here here I'll just I'll tell you my unit economics. We have um four bookkeepers on staff right now. One of them is a manager. And we know that for our average bookkeeping customer, if they're not you know, an extra complicated business, one bookkeeper can, can do the work for 10 bookkeeping or for, for 10 of our customers. Yeah, okay. So we know what we have to pay her, the, the bookkeeper. And we, we know how much income each of these customers brings. So that's a simple math equation. Then as you scale your business, you bring on a, more customers. Okay, we need to hire a new person. So, so your, your products are the same way. It's, it's cost of sales. You know, you can call yes. it cost of goods. You can call it cost of sales. So in info products, it's, they, they call info products scalable because your, your revenue doesn't scale or your your costs don't scale with your revenue the way they do in a in a goods based business or a service based business maybe right <laughs> depending on exactly like you said your you know how you're marketing it sometimes if you have this elaborate marketing funnel that is going to take a considerable amount of money out of your revenue so Either way, it's it's all the same. You can put, if you want, you can even put your advertising dollars in that cost of sales up above the operational costs. If 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 it is like a direct cost to to get that sale. That's it, guys, for part one of this episode with Isaac Smith. And you can find out more on Isaac and what he does over at summitecommerce.co and check out his podcast at the Next Level Podcast as well. There'll be links to these in the description below. In part two of this training, Isaac and I talk about how to increase your average order value and your CLTV, which is your customer lifetime value with real world examples of clients that Isaac has and shares with us and real world examples of how I've been able to do this with my mastermind clients that I share those stories with as well. We also talk about how and why 40% 
of your e-commerce sales should be coming from email marketing. And if you don't have that in place yet, you're definitely leaving money on the table and what you can do about it. We also talk about the future of the supply chain, not just in the economy we're in now, but where it's going to be in multiple years to come and why we could be in for a bumpy ride, but also what we can do about it to decrease our our risk and our exposure and, and preventing our business being choked. Then we dive into questions that we have from mastermind members around scaling our e-commerce businesses. Now, if you want to get access to part two or any of the other trainings with any of the other guests in the Inner Circle Mastermind, you can join the mastermind by going to buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash Inner Circle. And there'll be links to that in the show notes as well. Speak to you soon. 